You know what they say, everything is bigger in Texas. And for Mahul Patel, chairman and CEO of Newcrest Image, bigger means developing 60 hotels and changing the industry for the next generation. Another inspirational story from a very passionate hotelier. Let's see what he has to say. Uh, thank you for coming on today and doing this with me. I appreciate yeah. it. See you. Uh, uh, we'll be, this is going to be fun. I'm really, I'm excited. You're the perfect guest to have on. They want to hear from you. You're, you're there in the trenches. Well, it's always uh, great to talking to you. You have done a great uh, every month or every week you're doing this podcast. It's been remarkable. Every Saturday, Sunday, I take time to watch this because very informative, but reality, you get to see what other people are doing and what their journey looked like. So it's a very interesting perspective that you bring in a variety of speaker to come and share their experience, share their journey, and most important, uh, understanding different markets, see what's really happening in different markets. As nobody's traveling, this is the only way to get information is what's really happening in New York or what's really happening in other country that you brought in Kai from Equinox. So it's really interesting to see that you brought a variety of uh, you know, panelists, uh, any other topic that you talked about it. So I'm, re I'm really happy that you took a initiative out of everybody in the industry that you're the only one who kept going since last uh, uh, April, I would say. I mean, one, we felt obligated from the conference, uh, as we've said, and we were bored. We had to do something. <laughs> and this is the fun way of doing it, I would say, because guys like us really enjoyed. I mean, there are Saturdays I would be doing my exercise and putting on my iPad and watching 45 minutes. It's perfect 45 minutes to, you know, enjoy yourself, but, you know, kind of uh, go in different aspect of it to learn something new, you know, ed education related, I would say. See, Mary Ashley, I'm not the only one that watches Teague Talks while I'm riding a Peloton. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's a very a good event. I have told uh, some of my younger guy, you know, younger niece and nephew, I said, you should watch Teague Tag. And they're like, what is this? I said, it's a very interesting perspective that you get to hear real time from the real guys. There is no script written. They're just telling from their heart and mind what's in their mind. So uh, it's really authentic, I would say. Uh, I appreciate it. And it, I, and I need, I can't do it without guys like you. So thank you for coming on. I mean it a lot. Thank you. All right, let's get into this. So this is great. Mihul, okay. you're a true friend. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. This is, uh, I'm excited. We got a lot to talk about and I know you, you're not going to hold anything back. That's my, I'm pushing you there. That's my pride. So let's get going. One, where are you today? Office looks great. That's your new amazing office building, correct? Yes. We moved in in September, built 80,000 square feet and really excited. We're the only tenant in our one office building. Yeah. Yeah. The only tenant in an office building that you own. Yes. 80,000 square feet. We have 20,000 that we occupied and Rest is, a, rest is a history. I think before pandemic, we had many demand and when pandemic happened, everybody left. And, you know, they, you know, they put their plans on hold and we kind of said, okay, well, the show must go on because you can, in our business real estate, whether you're opening office or hotel, the show must go on. You cannot really stop it at that point. Uh, we, we know it all too well. All right, so help me. I want to get started. I think this is great. You got to start with me with Mehul's background. How did Mehul, how did you get into the business? How did you end up in Texas? Uh, and I want to go through all of it. So get me started. Okay, Tick. So uh, first of all, thank you for having me on this show. It's a really great show. And I really admire your, uh, that you have put together this show. And like I mentioned, I watched this every single episode I haven't missed. I watched every single one, took time and really shared with my team too. 
So first of all, thank you uh, for hosting the show. Uh, so my story is no different than any other immigrant story, right? This is a land of opportunity. I came into this country 31 years ago and in a hotel business, I'm an accidental hotelier. So I'll, I'll share my story. We came in 30 years ago. I was 13, today I'm 44. Uh, so when you were a little kid, it was really hard to leave your own back home India, right? Because I had school, I had friends, I knew my environment. And when you haven't never gone to a Western culture, understand, or even taken a flight 30 years ago, it was kind of saying, why, do, why am I leaving this country? That's what I was complaining to my dad and mom. And they were like, didn't care about the young kid 13 years. It didn't matter. Your opinion didn't matter. And you're just getting in the flight, flying the, you know, uh, 7,000 miles away, uh, the pond, and you're, you landed here. And so it was really beginning because I didn't speak any English. My dad and mom didn't even speak English. And we needed a place to stay. So my uncle got us a place in a small motel to work. My dad and mom cleaned their room. They're a farmer. Uh, we have a lot of farm in India. So being a farmer to cleaning a room, it's really different because in farming, we had our own, uh, you know, we call it servant or helper. However, in India, we had that. And now my dad and mom become the servant here to clean somebody's room here. But that was a way of making a living in this country. Uh, and so I went to high school. Wait, wait what, made, what made mom, Mayhul, sorry to interrupt. What made mom and dad, what made farmers in India say, we got go to Atlanta, go to America? Well, my uncle was in this country. He came in 1975. So yeah. he put a, you know, uh, immigration file to have my mom come. And, you know, he told my dad, mom, this is a great way to living. And, you know, life's better. And in, 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 even today in the Western call, I mean, the other parts of the world, everybody talks about America is land of opportunity. America is the hope, has a rules, regulation. It's a safe heaven, right? From you're raising a family, making investment. It's just a good environment from political side to every aspect you look at, there isn't any there isn't any checklist that people would complain about what this country has built on it. Not just today, but since you know 1776, since the the country was started on it. So I think it's that through uh, you know land of opportunity dream that everybody wants to come here, whether you know anything about U.S. or not, you just want to go there. And that's how we came in, like me and my dad and mom. We came into this country not knowing know what to expect. But we came in here, dad and mom cleaned the room. I helped them over the weekend. And I learned the business because I started speaking English. And then suddenly the owner said, hey, why don't you rent a, you know, why don't you guys become front desk and housekeeping and laundry and everything and started over the weekend. I was doing lawn mowing. Uh, and, you know, uh, back in 30 days, uh, 30 years ago, the only interaction between guests was only one. $25 for King Bear, $30 for double. Give me the money. You get the key. Check out tomorrow. That's it. That was that was a discussion. There was no rewards point. There is no anything. You don't talk about high speed internet. You don't talk about coffee and donuts. Nothing. That was mom and pop, you know, operation. And you hardly got anything in the room. It's just clean room. You didn't probably had soap and shampoo, maybe. Uh, and you know, that was that's the environment I grew up. And today, looking back, 30 years later, the world has changed and it continued to change, right? So that's the environment I, you know, I grew up and. You know, uh, running a small mom and pop hotel, that was kind of, I want to continue to raise. And, you know, being accidental hotelier, I went to high school, college here, computer information system major, but kind of didn't left the hotel business because it was the easiest way to make a living in America. If you can do a little bit, speak of English and continue to raise the bar for yourself. And that's what I did for me and my family. So uh, what was the first, so one, can you imagine that first hotel that you just talked about? 
and I, I halfway expect you to call me from the, your rooftop of one of your new gorgeous ACs or canopies or what the heck, right? So is it amazing how far you've come, how far the industry has come from a room key in one day to rooftop and monstrous amenities? Yeah, I mean, it's been a phenomenal journey for immigrant story. I mean, there are 20,000 plus, uh, you know, Patel who owns the hotel industry or Asian American, I would call it. But everybody had remarkable journey in this country because it's a land of opportunity. If you're willing to work, if you want to do work, if you're persistent, you'll, you know, fulfill your dream. That's who we, that's who we are. That's who you are. Everybody work, just hustle, right? It's, it's all about waking up in the morning and kind of saying, okay, this is what I want to work on it and chase my dream, right? That's what we all did. And, you know, it's like, that was a lot of hard work went into all 30 years, but I think the reward that we all see today and really contribute, you know, it just achieving something a greater good for me and my family, but also contributing back to the country is creating a job, paying taxes, living by the rules of this country and playing, playing the way that everyone has done it. But also we were a major contribution of this country, also creating a short term, long term uh, economic impact to this country, right? It's all, we all benefited. It's a win-win for everybody at that point. And that is the true success story, what I could define in this country that we all got the opportunity, but did you really fulfill the opportunity? Did you fulfill your dream? And that's what I talk about. And how many lives are you impacting, right? We all talk about the lives and you've got thousands of employees who yeah. are uh, depending on you quite candidly. I mean, you know, uh, before pandemic, we had 1200 people, uh, 80 people in corporate office. We were shrunk to 200 people. Wow. When you talk about uh, how many people we had and we had to, you know, say to our friends and family who've been with us for a while saying, time has come for us to part ways for a while and we had to furlough about thousand people and then slowly we're bringing back now we're back to 800 people from 1280 people so it, it was really hard burning because when you are an entrepreneur when you are a developer when you're a builder you only know one thing is build 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 grow 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 that's the only thing you know in your mindset you never talk about the other side is uh, scaling down or scaling low or anything. It's like all expendable, right? We just like to grow uh, in Texas is everything is big kind of. That's mindset we kind of say, we got to have bigger offices, bigger hotels and uh, you know, a lot of hotels, a lot of people. So everything is just bigger, I would say. Uh, what was the first hotel you developed? First hotel was a 16 room uh, Mallet Motel in Lawton, Oklahoma. That hotel still exists in Lawton. I, I checked it a couple of years ago. I literally drove there and took my selfie picture there. So it's really interesting to see uh, how that hotel is still standing. Wait, you developed, that was the first hotel you built from scratch? No, so you, no that was not built. That was okay. uh, acquisition. The okay, first exactly. hotel I built was a comfort suites in Rowlett, Texas, 62 room comfort suites. And what year was your first acquisition and what year was your first development? First acquisition was in 1994. And first uh, development was in 1999. Okay, so that's five years pretty quickly you started developing. Yeah. And how many hotels have you developed since? We had, so uh, two ways I'm gonna give you stats. So we have owned and operated 185 hotels, 150 hotels we have transacted in last 20 years, primarily last 10 years. And even if I go mirror, it's probably last seven years probably. Right, yes. Uh, so uh, 150 hotel we bought and sold. Out of that, we 
have ground up construction, seven, uh, 60 of them ground up from scratch. And we didn't have a GC, it was self-performed GC as a company. Uh, so that's a, that's a remarkable number when you talk about 60 ground up construction. What did it cost you to build? That's an incredible number. Do you remember what it cost to build per key that first comfort suite? I still remember it was $53,000 comfort suites uh, back in 1999. And what was your latest and greatest, most expensive cost per key project? We, we just finished uh, AC Hotel, uh, Phoenix downtown last week. It was right at north of 250 a key. Right. Right. You can build five uh, hotels for the cost of one. Yes. So, but, you know, obviously we went from three-story to 13-story hotel. Uh, everything has changed. I think we talk about the industry has evolved and that has brought in a lot to art and science to our hotel industry, right? People just have different uh, way of looking for experience when they come to hotel. Everything is just needed out there, but definitely the, the cost has just gone up and you kind of uh, ask yourself, is this something do I want to build now, right? That's always a question come up in developer's mind, especially in the last 12 months that would I want to build another hotel now? So I'm going to ask, you're the developer, we're going to ask, is this something you want to build? How's your mindset changed? I think our mindset has become very conservative and kind of asks the backs the question is, is this the right time to do it? And is this the right industry? And I have went back to every single CEO of the brand and reached out to them saying, hey, I'm a very passionate developer. I'm a very passionate hotelier. We have done 185 hotel. We built 60 ground up construction. And I wanna stay in the business. I wanna to continue to feel the same passion, but our business model has to evolve. Our business model has to define new that every five, 10 years, the business model change. Our business model has to define for guys us like to stay exciting and continue to develop. That is the only way you're gonna keep this developer in the business on it, right? And there's a lot of, it's not a franchise, it, it's not a brand issue. I think it's the industry has to evolve. Our industry hasn't had a time because every two, three years, we have a cycle that kind of gives up a little hiccup and we go slow down for five, 10% occupancy. And then we pick back again and we just get really busy to continue build, buy, build, buy, and we never have time to look back. And this pandemic has given us time to look back and say, reflect on your history, your journey, uh, your challenges and said, is this the business model I want to continue? And I love the industry uh, by often. I love to build because I often uh, you know, remind my kids that when I drive around, I want to be able to say this was a vacant land and look at what your daddy and your entire you know, company has built together. And I want all of my, our team to take a pride and show their kids that look at what we built from ground up and we created a job. So we created a economic impact to the community, cities where we lived and all that, that is the joy moment that I enjoy, right? Looking at that, building something. And so, you know, today we're still passionate. We're still committed to the industry. It's just the question is, are we all ready to, uh, you know, evolve our industry? Can we change the cost structure? Can we change the way our offering is in the hotel industry? And so that is what the, the next dialogue that I'm having with all the CEO industry level talking to every uh, owner developer in everybody's mindset is the same question. Is our industry changing? Is our industry needs to, you know, redefine the new norm when we came out of the pandemic, right? So, so what does that look like? Here, I'm going to give you a soapbox here, stand on this for a minute. But uh, look, you're obviously a bright guy and I can hear it in your voice. You're like, Teague, I may be 
getting out, I'm just going to exaggerate to prove my point, getting out of the hotel business. So, geez, maybe you're in charge. What needs to change so that uh, we're all energized about our industry? Yeah, so I think there are four key critical parts that I see. Brand has some works to do. I love our brand partner, Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt, IG, you name it, Choice, Wyndham, they're great partner. I talked to you know everyone out there. Even uh, I talked to Ernie two weeks ago via email exchange. I, I, I wrote all the CEO, my subject matter was connect in 2021. So I had a, a email with Ernie, I had a call with Ely, uh, and I had a call from uh, our friend, Jeff Bellotti. As soon as I wrote him an email connect in 2021, he just called me within five minutes of getting an email. And so the message was to all the CEO and, and industry partners, there are four things that we as a developer, owners, all the stakeholders in hotel industry should talk about it and really come up with a game plan. The first one is the brands, I call it. Brand has some work to do, whether they have too many brands, whether what programs are relevant, what should they redefine, what should they really change as a new norm. So figure out that cost structure where we all find a win-win. All the brand partners, they have made us a lot of money, so I really respect and value the brand because end of the day, without them, we wouldn't be here. Uh, so it starts somewhere. So I love uh, you know, all our brand partners, but they have some work to do within their own business model. So that's the one part that I talked to them. And they, they understood loud and clear that they have a technology challenge, all the brand. They have some of their old legacy program where they still want us to have a coffee in the room, ice maker, some certain things. And you know the premium channel in every guest room where we're offering, uh, you know, uh, stream your own device. So it's like, why are we giving everything when you are streaming your own device? And why do you still want HBO to be provided at that point? Certain things doesn't make sense. So brand like, aha moment. And then I, I challenged Marriott. I said, Marriott, you have 30 brand. Why do you have 16 different types of shampoo in the entire 30 hotel collection? Why can't you not come up with a Marriott Bonvoy shampoo and give everybody the same flavor because that's your one big voice and that's your one... Uh, customer base. So they're like, that makes sense. And maybe I said, my cost should go from 50 cents to only 10 cents per shampoo. So, you know, some of those creative ways, I'm sure they thought about it, but along the way, they probably didn't put a time and effort on it. And so now we're kind of saying, guys, I'm not asking anything. I'm just asking simple thing, which common sense that consumer will look at. If you stay in Fairful or Courtyard, it's the same customer. We take the same money. We give them the same points. We give them the same benefit offering. So why are we telling them any different about soap, shampoo, and all the brand standard? We're making other people rich by giving, you know, Neutrogena and this shampoo and Tealy and all that stuff. So I, I think some of those messaging has, uh, you know, resembled very well. And Ernie was very proactive. He said, you know, all this makes sense. Why would we not do it on it? So, you know, that was one one segment of the brands. I'm going to push back a little bit. Aren't they trying to differentiate brands, right? They, I mean, one of the complaints we have is that all the brands are the same. It's not really, not really that difference. Now we put all the same shampoo in it. Well, you're right. But then they, they are the one who define saying it's a one big swimming pool and we have swim lane. So when when if there is a one swimming pool, the swim lane are, you know, you could go sideways here and there. Customer still slows it because you're in the same swimming pool, right? End of the day, brands are saying, come stay with us. But end of the day, if you look at residents in and down place, what's a different on customer? It's the same customer base regardless because we, we have tracked some of our customer who stayed between, you know, we have 33 hotel that we own and operate. There are customer base who has traveled within our portfolio it's the same customer base. He enjoys everything. And sometimes I'm sure customer may say, you know, out of all this 
eight different shampoo brands. I like the two are better. Why are you giving me others? So at, at some point we could even make simpler process for us and our customer base also. So I want to talk about three others, but the industry, uh, you know, uh, evolvement, I would say. Second one is disruptor. I told Brian, I said, look, I signed up with you. I didn't sign up this OTA. I didn't sign up all the home, uh, you know, home sharing business are coming in our business. I didn't sign up for a lot of their stuff that the market share is shrinking, uh, especially for our business, because now we have corporate campuses are being built. Airlines are building their corporate headquarter hotel. Uh, many of the companies are building their own headquarter. Uh, so I said, when your pie, I think what happened is when you look at OT and everybody, even the tech companies are coming in our business by taking a digital market share and you have to pay for it. So I said, Brand, I, I agree with you. Our, our license agreement was done. We're married together. But why do I have to deal with somebody else that I had? I didn't even want to do, do business with them. But you are the one who opened the door. It's not me. So if you have opened the door, you can close the door if you want to. So I think that is where we're challenging the brand saying, hey, you open the door. I think you have the opportunity to close the door. It's not us. We are supporting the brand. So that is one, one part that we we know that OTA market that that market segment is a big, getting bigger. Every year, it's kind of getting one, two percent. At some point, we're gonna be out of control. And I, I you know, I talked to Ellie and I refined him. I said, look at Southwest Airline model. Southwest inception of it, they have always, anybody wanna book it, you call Southwest Airline or Southwest.com. That was only Vincent method. It's very simple. Consumer really loved it because they know that they could go to directly, the, uh, you know, direct to the customer or direct to the airline, and there is no middleman in between. And that airline has been very successful. Even in today's pandemic, they have never gone to a TA. And so it just shows as a leadership and a company who stood by of their core values that they wanna control their customer, they wanna control the experience. And so one way for us to look back out of coming out of pandemic and say, maybe it's the new norm that it's only two-way customer. Customer and brand can interact with one another. And when you look at it, it's only hotel and airline has only this uh, third party. There is no other industry has third party when you look at it. I mean, it's pretty much B2B customer basis. Like Uber, there's no third party. If you want Uber, you got to call Uber. You cannot call Expedia and say, can you get me an Uber, right? I hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, realistically, if you look at Apple and many other companies have created a, you know, customer to customer engagement on it just to control. So, my disruptor channel has many issues that I brought up as an industry that we could control it or make it even a better relationship, but there is some work to do. The third item is the cost factor. I talked about it. Uh, our labor cost is out of control uh, with new administration came up with it. I think everyone in this country should have a fair, fair minimum wage, uh, fair income. I think we all as a citizen take a responsibility, but there is no one standard if, if you are offering $15 today uh, to minimum wage, there are people who are making $15 before, how much are you gonna pay them now? If you bring your housekeeping fund desk and everybody at $15, everybody's roles and responsibilities are different. And so sometimes what government does, they don't have understanding at real level or grassroots level what's really happening. We're not, there's, I don't think there is any company pays minimum wage. In an industry, like my first job, it was $4.25, okay? And I never got a raise. I worked for 18 months and I asked for a raise. I never got a raise at $4.25 an hour. 
So that's the environment I grew up in today. I, you know, you know, uh, I looked at a wage survey, we pay average 12 to $13 over housekeeper. Minimum our wage is 20, no less than $12 today in a certain market, but everything else is 15, 18. Even our, some of our front desk on uh, our hiring properties are $20 an hour. So when we talk about cost structure, I think labor is going to the big, biggest aspect in our, uh, our industry. We will not be able to find a housekeeping. The reason is the sec first and second generation of immigrant who are working in our hotel, their kids have grown up, their, their kids are going to school and their kids doesn't want their mom and dad to work in a hotel cleaning rooms now. And how are we gonna clean rooms? How are we gonna lawn our, you know, how are we gonna do landscaping? How are we gonna do all the repair and maintenance chief engineers? That trade is not coming back again. 30 years ago, a lot of the Indians came in, uh, what I call it Patels, who cleaned rooms like my dad and mom. I grew up in that environment. Today, the Patels even come from India, they don't wanna clean rooms. I think nobody wants to do the hard work. That's realistic. And today we're competing against Amazon. We're competing against all the you know, storage facilities and everywhere. So today the, the competitiveness of the work who wants to do the work, it's not there anymore. The labor is not out there. So that is where we often talk about labor costs, right? So what I, what I wanna talk about is the cost structure has to change in our industry. Uh, when customer stays, maybe we should charge a credit card fees, 3% on your room rate. Uh, breakfast, uh, shuttle fees, all, you know, breakfast should offer or maybe come up with a package that you pay $99. If you want a breakfast, you want a shuttle, you want a, all this package and say you pay $29, $29.99, we will give you housekeeping service. So give them an option. We're not saying that we shouldn't offer a service, but they should pay for the service that they choose to, right? Keep it a base minimum rate and give them an offer package, $29.99, $39, $49, $59, and let them pick a package, whatever they choose like, right? If you want a parking, maybe pick the $59 package. You get everything. You get a high speed, you get premium package channel TV, you get a, a coffee maker in your room, we we'll give you housekeeping service, whatever you wanted, but pay $59 for that package. So I think the package needs to come out of there, some sort of package that includes credit card fees and all that item in order for our industry to survive in a right way, right? And so those are the cost structure that brands gonna have and ownership has to evolve and kind of come together. What is the new norm? Some of the stuff, the ownership and the brand are providing to consumer, they, they really may not want it. And we're just putting out there just in case if they want it, right? So I think time has come to change the cost structure model. So that answers, I was gonna ask, do you think we could pass this along to the customer? right, which is the guest. So in essence, what room rate do you have to charge to be able to pass higher labor? You're suggesting we do it like the airlines, charge for bags, charge for this, charge for everything. You think you can get away with that? You think the customer will pay that? Yeah, I think today's consumer, if you look at how we talked about 30-year journey, take the consumer mindset has changed. Like I have stayed at Ritz-Carlton or JW or many of the high hotel, I don't want the bellman to pick up my carts. I mean, I, I, I'm I, the mindset as a humanity saying, hey, we can take care of our own bags. I'm not looking for that, right? I'm a, I'm a healthy enough guy. I could take care of my own baggage and my own stuff out there. So the every human being mindset has changed because airline has taught us when you go in airline, you take your own baggage, you put it on the top, you put it up. I mean, we, we, we're self-sufficient people in today's industry, right? So the consumer has evolved in the last five, 10 years that they want to be self-sufficient. So I think that is the mindset we have to talk about. It is 
as the consumer mindset has changed from what we have always given, right? I don't think it's more about pricing, it's more about value proposition and let the consumer pick and choose what they want. Not We, we have always given them, well, we're gonna give you a premium channel, we're gonna give you high-speed internet, we're gonna give you breakfast, we're gonna give you all this. So brand has always came up with a way to say, well, this is what consumer is telling us, we should give them. But I think time has come now, let consumer choose what they want it, right? And the brand standard are very good, come up with some ways that where we are becoming a little bit flexible and giving it because who are we competing? Airbnb. Airbnb doesn't give anything. No breakfast, no housekeeping service, no internet, none of the standard that we're talking about it. So that is the part, you know, the consumer is already trained to go at Airbnb and enjoy unconventional way of getting anything, right? So when you talk about it, how are we going to attract that same consumer or who stays with us and they go both sides? You know, people often talk about it. Is Marriott customer loyal? Does he go to Hilton Marriott High? Well, they all enjoy the experience among all the brand, families of brand. So I think our consumer is well worth of enjoying all level of uh, home sharing business, uh, OTA uh, obligation. You know, when you stay with OTA, you don't get a brand points. They, they're okay with paying OTA. It costs the honor. And, you know, they don't even get a points on staying on OTA. Customer is okay with it. So some of the stuff, unconventional way, yes, the customer has accepted it. I think if people are saying, hey, Mr. Customer, if you want to come enjoy it, we love you. We're going to charge you $99 or $199. Here are two packages, $39.99, $59.99. Pick what you want. If you don't want to save money, it's good for the environment because we're not, we're not wasting those products and services for no reason and really making it better for the environment also. So I think it's the marketing piece we all really need to enjoy. Everybody talk about, right, uh, the environment, right? It's everybody's discussion that every human in this earth universe has a responsibility towards the environment. So I think if you come and stay, if your room doesn't clean next day, it's okay because we're living in the home, it's your own belongings. You don't, nothing's changed, it's okay. We can get by with it, it's not end of the world. I mean, I'll tell you this, last week we had Texas major snowstorm. We have a 300 room courtyard and town place. We had 280 room occupied for 48 hours where the customer did not have a water, customer did not have electricity and no F&B because we had no power. When you don't have power, you don't have hot water or nothing. Customer stayed in the room. Only thing we offered them was a hot chocolate because that's the only thing we could get. There's nothing else. 280 customers stayed in the hotel without anything uh, for 48 hours. They couldn't charge their cell phone. They couldn't watch TV. They couldn't talk to, for uh, the last 12, 18 hours, they couldn't even talk to their family member. The people who got really cold, we had three shuttles. Uh, three shuttles. We brought it on the canopy. We warm up those van. People came from the room and they got warm up in the van. So People can accept reality. People are understandable. People are understand the mar the market has changed, and everybody's expectations are different. I mean, wow, that was a lot, Mehul. I was kidding when I was offering you a soapbox, but uh, you put a lot of thought in, into this. And I, I don't know. I'm curious. When are you going to get started? Let's go. <laughs> I have already started my journey with talking to all of our brand partners, very cordial way. Right? I said. All I'm talking about is, does it make sense for us to talk about new norm, right? Does it talk about, it's okay. Like, you know, when, when I, you know, we have opened six AC hotel, right? So I reached out last week to our friends, Eric Jacobs at Marriott. I said, Eric, this is my sixth opening from the journey we started in 2014. 
And that was a new for our company to do something lifestyle hotel. We didn't even heard the word lifestyle back in 2012. What the heck is lifestyle, right? We kind of said, we're all lifestyle. And then they spun it such a way, well, lifestyle people only stay in the hotel. And when we opened the hotel, we had people, 75 year old adults, uh, kids, uh, senior citizens, they all stayed in because they had money to spend. They wanted the experience. We couldn't define the swim lane for them. Everybody to that swim lane kind of saying, hey, I have money, I'm gonna stay at your AC. I'm gonna enjoy, enjoy the art, light and music. So, you know, it's kind of consumer kind of, we brand and ownership sometimes have put our own, uh, on our way to say, this is what consumer want. No, we don't know what consumer want. Let them come and tell us what they want. And if we say we don't have that, sir, they're perfectly fine. They'll figure out their own way. Because today now Uber can come and bring them, I mean, Uber Eats, they can bring them food. They can go anywhere they want. So uh, the consumer wants freedom. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of same belief. When I go there, I don't want to plan everything. I just want to be out there, go experience the city, and I'll decide when I go there what I want to do because that's what I, that's what I want to go out there and create my own experience. I don't want to build my experience ahead of it. I want to go there and create my experience while I'm there. Right. That is the magic moment. So the last part I want to talk about on a cost structure was a regulation. In our industry, there's four pillars that I talked about. Brands, disruptor, cost, and the last one is regulation. Our industry is burdened with a lot of regulation. Uh, HR regulation, you talk about OSHA, you talk about swimming pool lift, you talk, I mean, the list just continue to goes on. The last one that has happened on the last two segments, 2008, financial, uh, you know, the, the financial downturn in 2008 and pandemic. Our real estate market has been hit hard with financial regulation from lending community. Uh, CMBS was a very detrimental in this round pandemic. You heard it, you often talk about with your, uh, many of the great leaders who came and spoke on your show. And so the regulation has really increased now by lending community by saying, the interest rate has gone up on for hotel asset because they feel like hotel is a toxic asset and distribution clauses, many other new regulation that lender has brought in that just made it very hard for hotel owners to do business. Because when you have 30, 30, 35 hotels, somebody has hundred, you have hundred, $200 million debt. And when you have one things change on your debt matter, that's a big detrimental that you're not thinking on it. So when you look at, you know, when you just sit down back from your chair and look at, okay, there are four things that I need to worry about my, for my business, brand, cost, disruptor, and, you know, regulation. And when you put down the whole issues, there's about 50, 60 of the list item that comes to mind. It's not anybody's fault. It's just that we need to work together as an industry and really build something greater good for the future to come where the consumer feel like they got the value proposition how they want it. The owner feels like this is the right business model for me. And the brand feels like I'm protecting my brand integrity, but also a good cost win-win business prospect, right? So everybody wins in that whole journey rather than we're just not being fragmented, you know, not just being thoughtful on it, right? Our industry is already fragmented. We had so many franchisees, so many operator. So we drop rate like anything. Dropping the rate is the easiest thing in our industry has learned. Drop from 149 to $99 overnight. We, 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 we have learned that easily. So why can we not focus on something that we haven't focused on it? So I often talk about our industry is the most fragmented industry in the world. And only way to unite it is start talking about the new norm.
I think you're talking about it right now. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, you can be the lead. You can, uh, we'll all follow you. you. You get started. You go first. Well, we already started talking and, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that all the brands, the leaders have really accepted it. They're saying, yes, it all makes sense. I think we need to have our team work on it. So I'm very pleased that the industry is thinking about it. Industry is saying, you know, I heard about it. I heard about it, but glad that you brought up the point. The only thing I have done is I put it on a screen on one paper and itemize everything for, for everybody to look at visually, right? So now I'm not talking, I'm visually sharing with people say, here is my thought process and I would like for you and your team to review it. So I, I think I'm very blessed to see that leaders are really wanna hear it, hear more about it and do something about it. So can I give you answers about how our industry is recovering now as Wait, I see it? That's the next uh, question, yes. No, sorry, so I kind hey, of- Google, how's our industry recovering? Okay, so our industry is recovering and following path. We are following vaccine track very heavily. Today, uh, March 2nd, I think there's 1.8 million uh, people are getting doses a day, which is remarkable. 1.8 million uh, vaccine has been administered a day. So that is showing a great progress in our country. That is a domino effect for travel industry. We, as our Newcrest Image portfolio, we have seen tremendous amount of booking in month of March. When we started the month yesterday, we saw 40% occupancy books on the business before the month even started, which is like, we never heard of it in last 12 months, right? That's uh, I think, I think uh, when we started in April, we started with 7% occupancy. So today to see even the month started 40% occupancy. So I have a good faith and a good confirmation that our industry is recovering and people are started to travel. Slow but surely they're coming back on it. And so every month we're gonna see travel pick back again. I think every month we're gonna see monument growth and the most growth we will see between Memorial Day and Labor Day. I think we would not find rooms anywhere. I'm telling everybody who's on the screen, who's watching this show between Teague and me, book your reservation from Memorial Day to Labor Day because you're not gonna find a room. Just go book your room because people would be traveling like crazy. Now and May 31st, people are getting their vaccine and they all feel safe. Not just I feel safe, but everybody's gonna tell each other, hey, you got your vaccine, I got my vaccine. A lot of people got a vaccine. It's time to go travel. It's good trying to reassure ourselves mentally, physically, tell our friends and family it's okay to go travel. So I think we'll see travel come back. Month by month, we will see a monument growth in my opinion. And after Labor Day, it's history. We're gonna go to, we're gonna come see your conference in May. We're gonna see other conference, NYU lodging conference. And I think we'll have a robust year. Ohoa conference is on the way. So we will see after Labor Day, it's history, I think. And I think today we even start talking as a smaller group to corporate CEOs. Okay, start calling your team members at the office. Lower, start 25%, we're okay with it. But every month, show some progress. If, the, if, the, if your team members feels good coming back to office, enjoy them, I'll welcome them one day a week, two days a week. Those are the talk track needs to come from the corporate CEOs who are the one who said last year, hey, we're not gonna call our team backs from March and April. I think they are the one we're looking for them to go on the stage or go on the social media and say, hey, we welcome our team members back to office and the travel will follow right after that. Once they come to office, then they'll get out of the office to travel, right? To go see their customer and all that. So I think, I think we're at the curve of 
pick up. I think we're at the recovery level. And so I just feel really great about the recovery. We're kind of the beginning phase of recovery. It's just how do we expedite the recovery together? I think all of us, all the industry leaders in this country has a responsibility to help expedite the recovery. I think we all gonna be in together. We're all gonna be just fine. We just gotta talk about safe and sound. Once we get a vaccine, time has come to expedite the recovery. And I think it's gonna take leaders like yourself and, and, and other corporate leaders and us, et cetera, of doing it. Listen, I can tell you from our side, we are definitely feeling the momentum picking up. We're feeling the deal flow picking up. We're out traveling now because you sort of have to, going to see assets, going to see people. And that just gets energizing. You do it, you're like, wow, I forgot how fun that was. Okay, let's go do it again. So I agree. It starts with getting in the office, then it starts with business travel, and then we'll get going. I can't wait for your Memorial Day thesis to come true. I mean, I mean, don't you agree that people want to travel after Memorial Day? Once the school is out, what are they going to do? I mean, they don't want to be home in summer, right? So I think we may not see an international trip, but U.S., I think we're going to be crazy in U.S. I mean, people would just travel everywhere. Even if, like if I haven't probably spent time in Philadelphia, I may just go spend a week in Philadelphia. I may go spend a week in, uh, you know, Snow Mountain or somewhere. We're, we're just going to make more staycation trip in U.S., I would say, than ever before. And it's just not me. I, I talk to many of colleagues, like, you know, when we talk about conference, they're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a summer trip. I'm doing all these items. So I think... The recovery is on the way. It's just that how fast we could make it, right? It's all up to us now. It's it's up to, because the medical has done their part to give us the vaccine. It's up to us to do our part now. And it's just not you and me, but everybody has to do their part. Everybody wants equal responsibility, I would say. Mehul, this is fantastic. And you're a gem. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for the time. Any parting words, any words of wisdom? Give me, I'll give you the last word. No, I think, look, the lodging industry leader has been very resilient, very patient. We all, we have all seen it a lot uh, from pandemic to new administration to uh, the January uh, Capitol Hill to Texas snowstorm. We have seen it all. It's not like we haven't seen anything, but look at where we are. We're still standing strong and we're gonna survive. We have survived this. We're gonna get through this pretty quick, I think. And vaccine has process started. So everybody's safe and sound. Their employees are safe. So I just feel really good that recovery moment has started. I think I just cannot excite to get to the next milestone, which is Labor Day. That's, that's where I see it. I think the Memorial Day is very close, uh, 60 days from it. And we'll be all busy in summer. But I mean, I can't wait for Labor Day to come. Uh, Mehul, this is great. Please go hire all your people back. Go hire them all. Thank you. Thank, thank you, and thank you for having me on this show. Thank you, Mehul. I mean it. You're a true leader. Uh, keep carrying the flag. Send me this stuff so I can read it. Uh, and let's all stay safe. Thank, thank you, you, my friend.